Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sam Hengeli. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with Fairleigh Dickinson University's Director of Athletic Media Relations, Jordan Sarnoff. Jordan, Sam and I appreciate you coming on this evening. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. I know we've uh, we've been trying to get this locked in for a while. Glad we were able to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. You are really the first um, media relations of any college to come on our podcast. We do get a lot of college athletes on, but you know, speaking of college athletes and college sports, just give us an update about how the fall sports season is going for you at FDU. It's it's going. Um, our women's soccer team got off to a bit of a rough start. They played a very difficult non-conference slate, but they've uh, picked up some points in the league table with a couple of wins and uh, playing really, really, really good soccer uh, down the stretch. Our men's soccer team has done well, and women's volleyball is getting ready to repeat their uh, NEC crown. They're uh, they're two and two in the conference through the first two weekends. Yeah, with your role as the director of athletic media relations, you know, just talk to us about your main responsibilities and how this role was able to open up for you. Yeah, so my NCA, the NCA version of my title is sports information director. And so part of my duties include managing and archiving all of our statistics, uh, record books, bios, photos, um, you name it. If it's got a logo on it, I've probably seen it or been involved in it. A lot of stuff I do, too, involves liaising with TV. I'm our TV liaison for when we have, you know, CBS Sports Network games or ESPN games on their various properties and some of the regional sports network um, opportunities that we get. Those all kind of come through me and I work hand in hand with our conference office and our senior administrators. And we uh, we make the world go round in that respect. Uh, I also coordinate interviews for our head coaches and our student athletes. I manage our credentialing for men's and women's basketball. I used to be the sports information contact for a host of sports. I had men's and women's tennis, women's bowling, softball, men's soccer, and men's basketball. Now I'm just men's basketball. And so I get to really devote a lot of time to them. And, you know, really, this is my senior year at FDU. This is my last go around uh, with the men's basketball season. So just trying to do the best job possible and continue to uh, enhance our student-athlete experience through our office. I am curious, how overwhelmed was it when you were in charge of every single sports program? It's a lot. You don't get overwhelmed because every day isn't like a total sprint where there's all these roadblocks and, you know, there's problems that come up constantly. But it's how can you prioritize what's important, get your daily tasks done that have to get done. And if you have really good people who you can delegate to, which fortunately I have, it makes things so much easier. Um, It's not a relief that I just work with one team now, 
Um, that one team is our most visible program at the institution. And so it is, you know, a whole bunch of work in and of itself, but being able to provide for them while also, I still have my hand in our other 20 programs. We have 21 teams here at FD that are NCAA division one. So being able to assist with them, I still work game day. We got volleyball home tomorrow, soccer on Thursday and Sunday. So being able to still stay involved, it's fantastic. But um, I, I wouldn't say I was ever really like overwhelmed by everything. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Was this recent move of you only covering just the basketball programs an effort to give more opportunity to people within the athletic department? I wouldn't say that. My role has always existed here. The title has changed um, as covered during the NCAA tournament. This position used to be held by, you know, a full-time career professional because of COVID and some varying factors. We saw an opportunity that I would be able to come into the role, um, obviously, after my freshman year and the success we had with women's bowling and just some of the placement we were able to get in the New York market. The administration and our senior associate VP director of athletics, Brad Hurlbutt and Jason Young, our COO in athletics, they were comfortable letting me come into this role. And there was no handholding. I didn't have a leash on me. I was trusted to do my job and do right by the institution. And so I wouldn't say the notion is correct that my sports load changing was to get more people involved. We have a really healthy staff of six graduate assistants. So there's plenty to go around, but it was my decision to kind of take a step back. And I really just wanted to take this year, enjoy it, and just really work with men's basketball to fully immerse myself into that program and into some of the more visible opportunities that came up because of the NCAA tournament run. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know if you've been asked this question, but during the Fairleigh Dickinson and Florida Atlantic broadcast, and we'll we'll get into you know the big game against Purdue in the NCAA tournament, but during the broadcast, there was a snippet. I believe Jamie Erdahl said that you at 12 years old went to a Bruce Beck and Ian Eagle broadcasting camp and you met Jay Horowitz who at the time worked for the New York Mets you know public relation team really at that moment was that you know an inspiration or something that sparked you to get involved in media and sports yeah so I first met Jay when I was eight years old um we happened to be um, guests of the team on the field for batting practice. And that's a whole nother story. But I got to meet Jay, got a picture with Jay, and my sister's a year younger than I am. And he asked both of us, Oh, what position do you want to play? And she was a softball pitcher. She's like, Oh, I'm a softball pitcher. 
And I said, I want to work in the front office. And Jay's response was, well, I'm not talking to you. And he, uh, he walked away, but then he came back, he brought some bubble gum and we talked and we got a picture and I've stayed in touch with him and Ethan Wilson, who's the senior director of communications for the Mets. And we've, we've all been in touch over the years we've gotten together and it's, it's wonderful. And I've seen how people react to Jay, whether that's coaches, media members, ownership, players within the organization, you know, minor leaguers, major leaguers, and just the admiration they have for him because he always has their best interests at heart. And when that was coupled with what I learned at Bruce and Ian's camp when I was 13, I did it for four summers. I did um, three years at Montclair State, and then I did one summer in New Rochelle and at Bruce's new camp. And I learned so much and I met so many people. And, you know, I've said this with all sincerity. I could not do what I do right now at the level I'm fortunate enough to be able to do it if I didn't go to that camp because I wouldn't have made the connections. I wouldn't have gotten contact information for some incredible people who have been so kind to me and who have worked with me and taught me and covered our teams. And so having that leg up is just tremendous. And I know there's a lot of broadcast camps out there, but I don't know of any where, you know, two Emmy award winners are your camp counselors for five days and they're with you. It's not something they lent their name to. They were with you in the trenches. They were there when you needed a hug, a high five, take a picture. Bruce is obviously a huge Instagram guy, so we'd always help him with that. Those are the friendships and the memories that will take you forever. I mean, I'm still in a group chat with a bunch of guys that on draft day, they text Vontae Mack no matter what. And those were a group of people I met eight years ago. And we stayed in touch and we were only with each other for five days. Those bonds last forever. Sam and I have, have spoken to several broadcasters on our podcast. Um, we haven't had the opportunity to, to speak or even meet Ian Eagle in person. What was it like meeting him and just what is, what's it like meeting him? And like, what can you talk to about for people who just haven't met him? Bruce and I are two of the most genuine people you will ever meet in the business. They'll shoot you straight. You can ask real questions and they'll give you real answers. They'll have a dialogue with you. And they're really open about Ian, and he tells the story as well. At the end of camp, he would give his email address out and encourage people to stay in touch. And that was something that I had done, you know, to this day. I mean, now we jump on a call, text after games, and, you know, obviously I'll forward him articles and whatnot, and we'll talk. But no, it's, it's surreal. Like, I wouldn't say there's like a starstruckness, but he's very approachable. And so, I mean, I have so much respect for him. I mean, he's one of the top play-by-play broadcasters of our time. And, you know, now he's the voice of the NCAA men's final four uh, with Jim Nance retiring. And I know he's going to do an unbelievable job with that, but having him for two summers that I was with him at that camp, it was awesome. I mean, there's uh there's way too many stories to go into of, you know, just, really fun moments, the advice, a lot of laughs. I can't say the occasional laugh because mostly what we did was laugh. But uh, he's he's one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. He's, he's really, really excellent people. 
Absolutely. Now we have to touch on the fact that you are a student at Fairleigh Dickinson. You know, that's very unusual to have someone at that type of a role at the media relations and also being a student. You know, you are a senior, like you mentioned earlier in the uh, podcast. But talk to us about, you know, was your goal when you went to Fairleigh Dickinson was to be in the role that you are now? Or, you know, how did that come about? Yeah, I uh, it was kind of a pipe dream that you go to a school like FDU. When I was a senior in high school, they were one year removed from winning a game in the NCAA tournament when they beat Prairie View A&M in the first four. So I was there the season they unveiled the banner, got their NEC championship rings, and I was fortunate enough that I had been in touch with Brian Jackson, who was the assistant AD for communications, my immediate predecessor. And Brian and I talked um, through email and I said, hey, I'm probably going to come to FDU next year and I really want to get involved. If there's a way to help out with games now, I'd love to get involved. So I became like the replay review specialist for men's and women's basketball. I'll never forget my first game was a men's basketball exhibition against Georgian court. It was Halloween night in 2019 and uh, FDU blew them out. Georgian courts, a division two from South Jersey. So that was their tune up before their season opener against FDU's division three campus, FDU Florham. And from there, the rest is history. I announced right before the world shut down in the spring of 2020, I did replay review for the women's basketball quarterfinal uh, in the NEC tournament. And that was their first home playoff win in like more than two decades. And so that was a really cool thing to be a part of. And I'm trying to think what, what else I did PA for a softball game and then COVID hit and we had all these furloughs here and I was able to jump in and work with the two graduate assistants at the time and Jason, who I mentioned before, and we were doing, you know, social media content, um, health updates, online meetings. We did a branding seminar with Jeremy Darlow for our student athletes. And it just kind of ballooned from there. And then we got to the fall of my freshman year. Uh, we didn't have any sports the first few months of school. We started up with basketball, and that was around Thanksgiving is when they picked up. So we did basketball, and then our spring was crazy. We had baseball and softball. We had men's and women's soccer, and we had women's volleyball in addition to track and bowling and golf all in the spring. Our fencing team opted out, and we didn't have at the time women's lacrosse or men's volleyball yet, but we had announced those sports were coming in the following couple years. And so once that happened and we had the opening, uh, which came in, I think it was March 31st. It was the end of March, my freshman year. That's when I kind of started to transition into it. But it wasn't until late June that we had come to the decision that I was going to kind of take it and run with it. I mean, would you would you say at times you kind of have to pinch yourself and being like, man, that that pipe dream has sort of come true? Yeah, I mean, it's really fortunate because it takes a village. So, yes, I'm the one who gets to sit here and I get to do a lot of really cool things that a lot of people my age don't get to do. And I don't take for granted the position I'm in, but it's taken so many people to get me here. And it's also that bit 
of right place, right time. You know, one of the best pieces of advice I got from Bruce Nines camp was just say yes, try something new, try something different. And so I had never done replay review. I had actually never seen a division one basketball game. Maybe I'd been to one St. John's game before I got to FDU and the speed of the game is a hell of a lot different than high school. So, and we don't have replay review in New Jersey. So going from PA announcing a Fort Lee basketball game to let me do replay review and help administer division one men's basketball game. And then it came to women's basketball, then softball. And now I get to oversee that for everything. And yeah, it's, it's surreal. And it's a little sentimental for me that it comes to an end this year, but I know too, like this solidified, this is what I want to do the rest of my life, whether it's at FDU or another division one institution, like it, it really doesn't get more special than this. Uh, so what, what is it like having a uh, role with the, with FDU and also being a full-time student as well? It's about balance. Balance probably isn't the right word. It's flow, right? I mean, I'm the first person to admit that, yes, the academics are important, but I'd be lying if I said that I prioritize the academics over sports. That's just, that's not my reality. And I'm really fortunate enough that I'm a sport management major. So that coupled with the experience I'm getting has helped translate into, you know, internship credits and professors being understanding. I mean, I get the same missed class notices our student athletes get. And so professors have been really accommodating uh, with that. Now, yes, you still have to find the time to make up the work and all the exams and whatnot. But for the most part, um, I'm able to get my stuff done and I've maintained a GPA over a 3.0. In every semester I've been here, this is my seventh semester at FDU. And so, yeah, it's it's a flow. It's not a perfect, you know, 50-50 balance on the scale. It's let me see what I have to get done. Let me see what games I have and what projects and events are coming up and get it together into one crazy Outlook calendar. I mean, my Outlook calendar looks like the entire rainbow because I just have stuff all over the place. Going into the game against Purdue, did you have a feeling that FDU was going to be the second 16 to beat a one? I was just happy to beat Texas Southern in the largest margin of victory for an NEC team in the NCAA tournament. But no, then Tobin goes in the locker room and quotes Cam Morrell and says, the more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat them. And uh, my mom was at that game. My mom works at the institution in the business college. So she was one of the chaperones uh, for the fan bus to Dayton for the game against Texas Southern. And I convinced her to stay and to take the bus to Columbus. And I got on the phone with my dad and I said, you got to come to Columbus. You got to come. He's like, I don't know. It's in the middle of the week. I work. I'm like, I actually think we can win this game. And then I called my dad that morning and I said, nights by five. And nights by five. Yeah. That's crazy. So uh, what are some names that you've gotten a chance to interview outside of FDU? So because of the NCAA tournament and everything that's happened, I mean, I've gotten to meet some really unbelievable people. I mean, uh, a lot of big names. Um, the crew we worked with in Columbus was fantastic. I mean, I can't give enough credit 
to Jamie or at all, who you guys mentioned before. And obviously she changed the trajectory of my life forever. And um, Steve Lapis, whose son was one of our former men's basketball assistant coaches. So I had met Steve before and Andrew Catalan. It's amazing. And FDU ends up in the NCAA tournament and the chances are Andrew Catalan's calling the game. It's funny how that works. He's done a bunch of our games over the last, you know, few years, but no, those guys were fantastic. Even our crew in, uh, in Dayton. I mean, it was great meeting John Rothstein, Avery Johnson, Tom McCarthy, and his son, Pat, who um, helped out with stats and is now one of the radio voices of my New York Mets. I did get to meet Dave Portnoy and some of the barstool guys, uh, Jake Marsh, Big Cat, PFT Commander, Hank, Marty Mush, Rico Bosco, obviously, Big Ev, Megan Making Money. Like, I got to meet all of those guys. Um, that was that was a lot of fun. And also just some of the behind the scenes people, Phil Thayer and John from CBS who produced our games and Amy Salmonson and Drew Kaliski, um at the CBS studio, Jen Sabatel. I mean, the list goes, I'm going to leave somebody out and get myself in trouble. Like there are just so many people who reached out to me, helped me, you know, even during the tournament run before stuff, because yeah, I look young, but I'm able to perform to the job. And that's kind of why the story was a little bit more special. All right. So uh, Tobin Anderson left FDU to place to replace Rick Pitino at Iona. How will you remember Coach Anderson's time at FDU? It was a roller coaster of 10 months. I mean, we hired Tobin really late. We announced him on May 3rd, 2022. And so our season ended February 28th, and we didn't announce a replacement head coach until May 3rd. And he got right to work. They were bringing kids in. They were showing people around. He got the staff together really quickly. And really quickly, you saw the intensity of those practices. He was building something special. Um, Did I, in my wildest dream, think it was going to happen in year one? No. I mean, I'll go on the record and say I told Tobin he was probably going to win five games the first year. And I'm happy that I was beyond wrong but yeah it was it was great I mean Tobin's one of the best coaches I've ever worked with and I mean I don't just say that I'm a pretty straight shooter one of the funniest stories about Tobin was uh I eat popcorn during the games I love Mike and Ike's Coca-Cola and popcorn that kind of gets me through so we're playing Pitt oh my god I'm trying to think if it was I think it was before Thanksgiving actually so it's before Thanksgiving we're playing pit and they didn't have popcorn up in the press box. And like, we went into like one of these like premium seating and they didn't have popcorn. So I go up to the concession stand and I get popcorn at halftime and it was a close game. Nobody would have thought both us and pit would be NCAA tournament teams at the time. And we both ended up in Dayton. So go figure. And I mean, Bob and Tobin, I sit at the scores table next to our bench. Tobin comes over and goes, what's that smell? I'm like, Oh, I'm eating popcorn. He goes, can I have some of that? And so there's a shot, I saw it somewhere, of Tobin holding, I had this like big bucket of popcorn, literally, it looks like it's out of a cartoon, and there's Tobin just having some of my popcorn, my AD sit next to me, and like, he's just a regular guy who coaches basketball. He's a brilliant basketball mind, has a great staff, and just does things the right way. That's, that's the biggest takeaway from Tobin Anderson. Did he like the popcorn? He didn't complain about it, so I, uh, I think he did. I like the Panther mix, though. Eventually, yeah. my AD brought some Panther mix from Pitt, which yeah. had, I think it had like M&Ms and peanuts in it. That was, that was good stuff. All right. 
Then do you think uh do you think uh Tobin Anderson, do you expect him to at some point be a power six coach or power five now? I think he's an excellent basketball coach and can coach at any level. I mean, I don't really speculate on coaches' movement, but I think he'd do an excellent job anywhere. Uh my last question for you is uh any advice to those chasing a dream? Keep chasing it. And just meet as many people as you can. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've cold emailed someone or sent a DM on, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. And, you know, you never know who will get back to you, um, who can introduce you to somebody else. Um, just soak it all in, you know, go to games. If you go to games early, try and like hang out by the press gate, see who you see, talk to people it's a really small world. Everybody kind of knows everybody like you guys, obviously know Ryan Patty, who's like, he covered when I was at Fort Lee, he would cover us. And I've met him at the end NJSI championships. And I, obviously he does a lot of really great work around here. So it's a really small world. And uh, if you get your foot in the door, you'll probably meet somebody who can help you get to the next place. So on and so forth. So yeah, just really build those connections, maintain those connections and just, Keep grinding, working hard. Very good. Love that. Sam and I are interested. Did your phone blow up after the Purdue game? It did, but I didn't really pay much attention to it because it was like sensory overload. So like finally, once we were I didn't look at a single text or email until after the press conference. And after the press conference, we did the student-athletes. I had my GA escort student-athletes back to the locker room. Then I stayed with Tobin. And then once Tobin wrapped up his, I started looking through and, like, ESPN wanted us on. Oh, my God. We went on Fox Sports with John Fanna. We did uh, Field of 68. We We did the New York Post. We did all sorts of stuff from this dressing room at Nationwide Arena in Columbus. And then I just saw my phone blowing up for the next day of like uh, ABC. We we did an exclusive with Good Morning America. Then we went back on with ESPN. Then we had NBC Nightly News come and talk about small Jesse Kirsch, who did the story on us, went to Bruce and Ian's camp a couple years before I did. So like there's the full circle. And just a bunch of local affiliates came out. The New York Times came to the hotel. Really, really unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we let you go, what is your your expectation for the upcoming men's basketball season? And, you know, they're entering a new era with um, Jack Castleberry. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I had lunch with Jack last week. It was good to get some time with him away from that. And we just, you know, we talked basketball, talked life, and I'm really excited to have him at the helm. I mean, makes a lot of sense that you're returning 85% of your points and we're returning three starters and uh, a really, really healthy portion uh, of last year's roster, including some great, great contributors who are going to come off the bench for us. And I really like this freshman class that we brought in. We actually, we did their media day on um, Sunday and they were just a fun group to see get together. The new uniforms look fantastic. And, uh, I, uh, I think the NEC is um, up for grabs. I mean, I think we're going to be able to compete with anyone. And uh, just got to wait for tip-off on November 6th. That's where we're at now. 
It's only a month away. Yeah, it's uh, I get the John. Ro- I'm a huge John Rothstein fan, so I see the countdown on Twitter until college basketball season, and then I'll uh, I'll hit him up and say we sleep in May. That is John Rothstein's favorite uh, saying, and then he has all these different sayings like it spreads. And I'm going to dinner in a little bit. I'm going to eat like a champion tonight. I uh, I know it all. I uh, I love it. Apparently, John Rossing lives in the East. What does he live in New York? Yeah, he's a uh, he's a New Yorker. Maybe we run into him sometime. That'd be cool. But uh, um, but anyway, hey Jordan, we you know appreciate you coming on. Some good insight about really your career path and about the athletic department and the the men's basketball program. We really appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah, my pleasure. Really appreciate you guys reaching out and having me on and uh, can't wait to uh, see what's next. For sure. Thank you, Jordan. For those who are listening to our show for the first time, all our past and future episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Sports Mecca.